Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Decision Hour. I'm Adam, and with me, as always, my partner in crime, Patty. Adam, how's it going? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing so good. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Good. <laughs> you've been very busy lately. The last I've couple been weeks you've been busy. busy. Yeah. Yeah. But all good and things. I've been watching. You know, I've been watching my friends post all these pictures of snow, and and I'm sitting in my backyard right now, actually thinking about how cold it is. It must be like 65. <laughs> I'm hanging up on you right now. Like, it's, it's, it is really cold. For I got, me. Like I'm, I'm this this week. I just happened to be in the D.C. area, and we got five inches of snow the other day. So, um, yeah, oh, yeah, and it and it was 24 degrees yesterday. Trying to walk the dog, so it's it's been great. Um, you had to layer up five layers of clothes, and and then trying to go for a walk. So yeah, good times, good times. Um, but Patty, we got a, another ex- exciting show for our listeners today. Um, I'm honored to call this guy uh, a, a brother. Uh, I've known him for, for many, many years. He's the he's a uh, former Green Beret turned author. He's the chief marketing officer for Heroes Media Group. Um, and, and just all in all, an American badass and a great friend of ours. So I think we should bring him on right now. He's going to be talking about uh, one of his new books, um, so I'm going to bring him on right now, Mr. Robert Patrick Lewis. Rob, are you with us, buddy? Hey, guys. Howdy. I'm here. How you doing? Good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. I'm right there with uh, with Patty in uh, Los Angeles. It's freezing cold at about 60 degrees. God, I hate you both right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm heading to Arizona soon, so I'll, I'll be hopefully enjoying some warmer weather here uh, soon. So... Uh, well, listen, Rob, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you do a lot of things and, and you know, you're, you're an author. Uh, you do a lot of stuff for, for you, the CMO for, for heroes media group, which I, I truly appreciate. Um, but you've been an author for, for quite a while. Is that correct? Yeah. And, uh, you know, you kind of, you've got to wonder when it really started. I, I never in my wildest dreams thought that being an author would be my thing. Um, I just never, I had an English teacher I really liked. I've always enjoyed expressing myself. I've always been better at expressing myself through word, through written word than I have through speaking. And, um, just never thought it would be my thing. When, uh, I got into special, I went to the army, went through a two year training cycle to become uh, an 18 Delta special forces medic. So at the end of it, I went to my first ODA in Germany and, you know, you start off with your initial counseling. So my first day on my first team. Uh, I sit down for my initial initial counseling with a team sergeant who's still a very good friend of mine who had been in every uh, every war since the Iraq invasion. This guy's been around a little bit. And the first thing he says to me is, hey, you should keep a journal. Your life's about to get a lot more interesting. And uh, I took those, I, took, I heeded his word. So I actually started doing that. I started jotting down this crazy stuff that happened. And you know, I was, I was in 1st Battalion, 10th Special Forces Group in Germany, which is one of those quick reaction teams, right? You've right. got one, one and one ten that split the globe and some happens on the Eastern hemisphere, one, one, some happens in the Western hemisphere, one ten. So you're always on alert. I was deployed almost four years straight, never to the same place. I mean, back and forth all over the place, because when you're in Germany, you're going to Africa, you're going to Iraq, going to Afghanistan, going back to the U S for training missions, Germany, also going all over the place. I lived in Germany for like two and a half years. I was maybe there a few months. I was just gone so much. Wow. 
And um, I finally got out after my last Iraq deployment and uh, got married pretty much immediately. And uh, we found out we were pregnant very quickly. And I was adopted. I lost my mom as a kid. So I've always just wanted a family of my own. I've thought about that for a very long time. And I started really thinking about being a dad and like how all these crazy things had happened. And I, I, I really wanted to tell my son at some point. I now have four, but, you know, my first my first child was my son. And um, I kept thinking, like, how do I how do I tell my son about all these things that his dad and, and his dad and his brothers did? And uh, so I found my journal and I went, all right, well, this is just a bunch of journal entries. How do I make it something more? So I started actually making it long form as something that I could pass off to my son one day. And I started sending it to the guys on my ODA going, hey, is this is this really how it happened? Am I do I have all my facts right here? Is this accurate? Because it seems too perfectly timed out. It, it, it seems like my life was a story. And they went, yeah, this is actually right. And every once in a while they'd say, oh, you left this out or, oh, this is a little different, but pretty much it was it. And at the end they said, hey, this, you got to show this to people. Like they're, they're, you got something here. And um, so that's when we decided we turned into the book. We turned to my first book, Love Me When I'm Gone, The True Story of Life, Love and Loss for Green Brand Post 9-11 More. And I realized after we published that, that I just, I had loved it. It was a very cathartic experience. I, uh, I didn't write any of the 21 chapters in order. The very first chapter I wrote was the, about the day that I got blown up and shot in Afghanistan. And it was a really cathartic experience. I'd been having bad dreams, nightmares, all kinds of crazy stuff up until that point. But after I finished that chapter, it all went away. I mean, it was, it was really? a cathartic experience. And I realized there, were, there was something to it. I started jotting down other ideas. And you know, as we sit here, I've got 22 uh, other books outlined. I've got another book that'll be published at the end of this month. Uh, that's the second I started, I went from nonfiction to writing fiction. So this is the second in my fiction trilogy. And I just, I love it. Now I, I walk around with uh, note cards all day long. So I have to take down notes of all these ideas I get for storylines. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Let me, let me back up for a second. Did you say 20, you got the next 22 chapters or the next 22 books? Books. Yeah. I have a very wow <laughs> military <laughs> kind of uh, format that I use for writing a book. Right. So Every book that I've seen, I, I see a movie of it in my head. I either have the dream or I daydream a lot. I'm a very creative person. Uh, I was in a lot of gifted and talented and creativity um, special school classes when I was a kid. I really focused on driving your creativity. I used to go to competitions as a kid for creative uh, creative events, just which is nuts. It's called the Wings Program in uh, in Texas. And um, I'll see a dream, I'll have a daydream, or I'll see something that really sparks my brain. And a lot of this is in the news or something else. And as a Green Beret, you're taught to think of knock-on effects, right? So a lot of places we're in a country and we're the only U.S. ambassadors in the entire nation. I was on the first ODA into Niger, Africa. And you do something there. Not only is there nobody close to help you if you get in trouble, but you can have some severe consequences as the only ambassador of the United States in, a, in, a, in an area. So we have to think of things and knock on effects. If I do this, what happens next? And what happens after that? And what happens after that? And what are all the tertiary things that can happen as a result of this action that we take? So I see things in the news or I see things in movies or books or even hear a song and it makes me start thinking, okay, where, where did this come from? Why did this happen? What is this a purpose for? What is, why is somebody doing this? Why did this happen? What happens next? What happens after that? How is that going to change the world and society as a result of this one action? And that's where a lot of my books come from. That's the PACT trilogy is it's all kind of based on that. 
and uh, just where my brain kind of goes. And so I've got all these different ideas and things that will come up and I'll start writing it out. I'll have this dream. I'll write a one page, no more, no less document of everything that this story should entail. After I have the one page, I break it up into a table of contents. It's going to be a 12 chapter book or a 20, 21 chapter book. And then I take each chat, I name each chapter once I have a link based on what has to happen in the story to progress it. Then I take that title and I write a paragraph summary. What happens in this chapter? Once I have every paragraph summary for every chapter, then I turn that summary into a full-blown chapter. And so I have this like Rosetta Stone. If anything ever happens and I get lost, because a lot of times my inspiration doesn't come in order. So I'll have an idea about, you know, chapter 10 as I'm writing chapter two. But because I have this source document of all of this kind of vision of what it's supposed to be, I can go back and go, oh yeah, okay, well, this is what needs to happen, this needs to happen. I'll change it. You know, the characters come alive, so things in the story will change here and there. But uh, it just, it comes from all these ideas and all these things I see in the news and this kind of process that I have. And I just, I have all these files just waiting for me to have the time to sit down and actually write them out. So I have a question for you. I love to write. I've been a writer ever since I can remember. I mean, come out of the room writing, I guess. Um, but I'm wondering if you've ever thought about writing a book with your tips on how other writers can maybe use some of your tips um, to teach people how to write in your with your crazy madness method, because I really love what I'm hearing. I've thought about that. I actually used to teach a, uh, a writing therapy for PTSD course here at the West Los Angeles VA. Uh, where we had a lot of guys, we had guys from Vietnam all the way through OIF and OEF that were having issues. And, you know, the whole point of this was you get guys like us that just don't really want to talk about things that happen. So the whole point of the class was, okay, we don't have to talk, but even writing this, it can be a cathartic experience. It's still, you get it out. It's just like, even if you don't want to talk, still writing, it has the same kind of, um, it does the same help. So I would teach them this method. I would teach them how to write. I'd teach them how to get all this stuff out. And at the end of the class, everybody had the option. You can rip this up, you can burn it, you can throw it away, or you can share it with the class, and then maybe you can share it with the world. And so we had some people that I helped get it on websites, and some people put it out. Some people just wanted to burn it up, and they were just happy that it was kind of out. Uh, so I've, I've used the process for that, but I just – I have so many other books that I – these stories that are inside of my head that, like – it's hard to explain, but they're fighting to get out uh, and I've got to get them out. And I can't really focus. I've got to have my focus on getting these things out of there. I, I feel kind of driven to have this, this whole movie and all these stories that are inside of my head. I, I've got to finish putting them on paper before I can really focus on other stuff. I can understand that. I struggle with that as well. I've, you know, I start so many books and then I kind of end up getting stuck because I think, oh, there's so much. Like, where do you start? Where do you end? Where's the middle? So I can understand that. Well, I think um, that. The process, man, having a process helps so much because at any time you get lost, you can find your way by going through that initial one page document. You go back, you read it, and you, you kind of get your, you get reinvigorated and you remember, okay, this is the point. This is the story. So where am I and where do I find, where do I create the roadmap to help finish the story? And by doing it in those chunks and by, you know, how do you, what's the best way to eat an elephant? One bite at a time, right? So you, you figure out everything to it and just break it up in these little pieces so it doesn't become overwhelming because I'm not writing a book. I'm writing this chapter. I'm just focusing. It's one, one day at a time. I'm focused on this one part 
getting this one piece of it out there and then I'll connect the dots later and I'll make sure everything really, really fits and meshes and you write first and then edit later. But that having that process always really helps you get in there and, and, and find your way. That's so cool. Absolutely. <laughs> so Rob, you mentioned the name of the book. The what well, the first one that you've written was called The Pact, correct? Well, the first, the very first was nonfiction. It was Love Me When I'm Gone. That okay. was a story about my, my time in SF and, uh, you know, Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, Africa, Iraq again, just kind of all over the place. Um, the second one, the fiction. So when I got done writing fiction. Love okay. Me When I'm Gone, I had two different series I wanted to write. Um, one was called The Pact and one was called The Patriot Series, right? Okay. So The Pact is based on an actual agreement with my ODA. Um we all were hanging out back in Colorado for a weekend. I brought my, my, my son up there to meet the team. And we had a few adult beverages and uh, sat around the table late at night and started talking about what would happen if the U.S. was invaded. And just the, 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 the fact that it's going to happen. Like at some point, it, ha- it has been. There have been enemy troops on the U.S. soil before. A lot of people just don't know that. But in World War II, we had saboteurs. We had troops that actually landed in Alaska, but it's just not highly publicized. You know, Victor gets to write the history book. So a lot of people don't know that. Right. But based on our position as the hegemon, you know, as the kind of holding dominion over the world, it's somebody is going to try to take a shot at some point. Just depends on who it is. It's not if, it's it's when. So we started talking about that. And we had guys around the table that, you know, had a hundred at least years of combat experience between them. And so we started talking, okay, so here's how we do invasions. How would it happen? Well, this is what we do. This is how we would start an invasion. So if we see these signals, we know that something's coming. Okay, what do we do if something's coming? Well, we need to have a place where we can come together and we can start the resistance. We can fight back. We can do what we need to do to protect our families and fight back against whoever it is that invades our, 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 land, our nation. Okay, who does that? Where do we do that? So Colorado is where most of our guys are from. There's a couple of us that are now spread across the country but we have a place in Colorado where we all decided, okay, we will meet up here. Okay, what do we do from that point? And so we had this whole plan that we kind of set out and about a month or two after that that night, we all actually built out plans. Okay, here's the route I will take back to the place we're meeting in Colorado. Here's what I'll do. Here's how we know that it's coming. We actually, there is a packet from each of us with our route with some of our people in Colorado that how they know once we see these things happen, these guys will take this route to get here. It'll take them, you know, how many, 24 to 72 hours to get here. If they're not here in 72 hours, we follow that route backwards to find them, right? So I started seeing all these things in the news. I started seeing all of our enemies starting to get very, very close, right? You had a natural gas pipeline uh, deal between Russia and Iran. You had China and Russia becoming very close. China and North Korea becoming very close. Hezbollah starting to pop up a lot. And you start seeing all these connections and, it really hit me. All of our enemies are getting really, really close. Why? Why is this all of a sudden happening? And I started going logically in my head. Okay, well, they're all getting close. Why are they all getting close? They all are, are held together by their common enemy, the United States. So something's coming at some point. Maybe not now, maybe not tomorrow, but something's coming. So I sat down and started kind of writing that out. And that became the pact, which is it started as an actual agreement between my old ODA and I. And this is kind of my fictional uh, progression of if this happens and we have to put our plan into effect, what is the end result? And so the first book was basically the month after the invasion. So it starts 
it's I, so it's it follows this other trait of my life. I, I was an 18 Delta Special Forces medic. I want to go to medical school, but I had kids and that just kind of changed my plans. Right. Right. So the book follows this thing that I had gotten out of Special Forces and I had actually gone on to medical school. I was a doctor. I'm in the OR. And all of a sudden, these signals start coming. Right. The Internet goes down. The power goes down. All these different signals that we knew if we were going to invade a country, this is what we would do. If we had to invade the U.S., I would take down the power grid, take down the comms grid, get rid of our satellites, basically not allow people to communicate, not allow the National Guard to be recalled. Like a blackout. Blackout, complete blackout, right? So we saw these different things. So the book takes follows me back to Colorado, and then it's the first month post-invasion. It's us linking up. It's us starting to fight back, and it's contained in Colorado. At the end of the first book, we, we get a message from another band of freedom fighters that are based in Texas. So some of us travel down there, and it's basically – the end of the first book is this onslaught of information of uh, this kernel of the resistance that is the sage that kind of explains to us, here's how it happened. Here's who did it. Here's why they did it. Here's where they did it. Here's the politic, the corrupt politicians that sold out our country and kind of helped do this, which is very scary now when you're seeing that I wrote this in 2014 and it's, we're finding out a lot of this actually happened. <laughs> uh, the second book, which comes out at the end of this month is the next year post-invasion, right? So our team in Colorado has linked up with the freedom fighters in Texas. We start finding all these different um, elements all across the country that have done the same exact thing. And we start linking up. Our team splits in two. One half goes to the West Coast. One goes to the East Coast. One stays at Fort Bragg to liaison with all the different USASOC and, and the rest of the military. And um, it's a year of basically fighting against uh, the invaders, against uh, Hezbollah, Iran, Russia, and China on our shores. Now, where can people find your stuff right now? So the, the packedbook.com is the best place to go. It's got all the links to where you can buy it. It's got reviews and it's got some other stuff. Um, it's on Amazon, but I had a falling out with my publisher after the uh, maybe a, a little less than a year ago. So they removed the packed uh, Kindle and print version. The Audible, the audiobook version was still up. It's narrated by Mike Dawson from the Adam Carolla show. That stayed up, but the Kindle and the print went down for a while. So I got a bunch of messages about a month ago from all these different people that are reaching out. I get every couple of days, I get messages from people on social media asking when book two is going to come out. Um, and I had all these people start reaching out saying, hey, I really want to buy the pack, but it's $1,500 on Amazon. And so I went and checked it out. And yeah, because they had taken down, it's a supply and demand because they had taken it down. There are people that have the book that are selling at third party aftermarket and it's $1,500 each. Jeez. So yeah, and I own the rights. I still had all the stuff. So I uploaded another version, but it's not properly linked in Amazon. So if you search the packed book, Robert Patrick Lewis and Amazon, you'll get the audiobook version and you'll get the Kindle version now. And then you'll have print versions that are $1,500 each. But if you search the packed book trilogy, Robert Patrick Lewis, it will, you'll bring you to the print version, which when they took down the books, I lost hundreds of reviews. So it only shows 34 reviews now. There were hundreds of them. Really good, I mean, it was four stars with hundreds of reviews, um, but I lost all those. So if you go to the packedbook.com, the Amazon link there will take you to the print. Uh, or if you just go on Amazon, search the packed book Robert Patrick Lewis in Amazon or Audible, you can get the Kindle or the audiobook version. All right. So we're going to make sure that we put that up. Listen, if you're listening to the show, that means you're already online. Go to thepackbook.com uh, and get a copy of, the, of this of this first of what what sounds like it's going to be many. You get the second one coming out. Is there? It, can you give us a hint? Will there 
will there be more? Is there plans to go after a second or are oh, you yeah. kind of leaving? Oh, so there is. Yeah, this will be a trilogy and it's the way that it worked out. It's one of those things where life sometimes works out perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. After I published, let me, when I'm gone, I had the packed trilogy that I wanted to write and I had the Patriot series. The packed trilogy is the story of this ODA that, you know, the U S has invaded what happens. The Patriot series is more of a Tom Clancy single spy assassin kind of, and I've already got 10 books outlined for that series. Well, the, the pack trilogy, and you can, I guess, guess where this goes, fades into the Patriot series, gotcha. right? So, gotcha. And a lot of this idea, I had met with some people that were thinking about turning Lemmy when I'm gone into a movie, and I talked about, you know, writing this next series, and they went, wow, well, you know, nobody's ever t- uh, fed a nonfiction book into a fiction book. And I went, you know, that's a really good idea because all these people had read Lemmy when I'm gone, the people in the pack were the same people. So I kept the same characters right. through from Lemmy when I'm gone over in a fiction and the same characters that are still around are going to fade through into the Patriot series. Um, so with the pack trilogy, book one, initial invasion, book two, year after the invasion, kind of the fighting back. Uh, book three is already nearly done. Um, I'll just say, if you know what the Jedbergs are, so book two ends with us winning the battle here. Book three ends, uh, goes into us taking the fight to the enemy, uh, basically picking up the reins that the OSS, the Office of Strategic Services, left off in World War II, where we create little teams and actually go through Russia, China, Iran, and... Um, Just start taking on everybody. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, we get some payback. There you go. Nice. Uh, Rob, we're, we're coming up on time here a little bit. Um, and before I let you go, I, there's, there's, there's another thing that you're doing, uh, right now that you've recently started, uh, called the Intel shed. It's a show, uh, podcast, live YouTube that people can watch. Uh, you want to tell the listeners a little bit about that? Yeah. So that, um, Earlier this year, we had some things come up and uh, I wrote an, I wrote an article, uh, what if Q, QAnon, the Great Awakening are real for Heroes Media Group? And it got a lot, a lot more people read it than I ever expected my wildest shut, dreams. Shut the website down for almost a day. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And of course, the malicious attacks increased uh, several thousand percent. Yes. And, um, but a good product of that, number one, a lot of people got to read and, and understand. I did several months of research into that and um, open and sourced a lot of stuff, open source news that'll kind of show people like, hey, this is not fiction, this is real. Um, it just so happens that it tied in so closely with this fiction trilogy I started writing in 2014 based on all these things that I had seen going on in the world. Um, but this article, a lot of people read it and started reaching out. I had a, a couple of other Green Berets, former Green Berets, who reached out and really, really, really were into QAnon and researching it and looking at it and trying to figure out everything that we could, but looking at it through a different set of eyes. Rather than civilians, we were looking at it through former Green Berets with a history of intelligence operations and military operations, understanding how this stuff works, understanding communications, understanding all these different things. And so one of these former Green Berets and I went, okay, well, there's a lot of people on YouTube and Twitter and everywhere else that are doing a lot of research and things QAnon's putting out, but they're all looking at it through the eyes of civilians. They don't really, there's a huge piece of it they're missing. And so he and I went, okay, well, you and I have that. You and I are really into this. You and I do a lot of research. We both have the gift of communication through writing and through speaking. We need to start a show. And so we did our first one uh, 
halfway through December. And then I took, you know, traveled. We both had big families. So the rest of December, we only had the one. We just did our other one on Monday. Uh, we're going to start doing uh, multiple shows a week and just kind of going down current events, uh, cues drops, places that are, you know, you can see proofs that this is reality. Um, Wiggins is the, the pseudonym of my co-host. He just wrote another article on HMG uh, called um, Q, Q Analysis, uh, Military Intelligence Analysis on the Validity of All Options Regarding Q. And uh, it's kind of that. It's former Green Berets with experience in Intel looking at all of this stuff through our lens and helping people kind of understand Number one, like there's something going on most people don't know about and showing all these different cube roofs and helping people understand all these different threads and kind of everything as we see it through our eyes. I, I love the show. I, I, I finished watching the second one that you guys did on Monday. And the, the one thing that I will say about this particular show is, you know, mainstream media, they play off of your feelings. And, and in this show that Rob and, and Wiggins does, it really gets you thinking. It helps you think. It doesn't necessarily, it, it's not all about playing with your emotions and making you believe one thing or other. It opens your eyes to uh, really a whole nother world uh, on what's really going on. And and I'm really hoping that this spreads like wildfire and more and more people start watching and listening to this stuff because, like you said, it really kind of shows what's really going on out there that, that you're not, excuse me, that you're not seeing in mainstream media that, that, that that most pe- mainstream media companies won't even cover. You know, they, they, yeah, well, you know, if you think for one second that the government isn't hiding stuff from the people, eh, you better think again. And in, in, in this, the, the stuff that you guys go over is so in, in detail and, and you break it down. And I've seen the comments. You know, if you follow, uh, you can follow Rob on, on Twitter. Uh, you f- follow him. And if you've gone to the HMG uh uh, Twitter handle, you will see the reviews that the, on the articles that Rob have written on this stuff, and and like how in depth and in detail this stuff is, and how people are like, this is the most incredible thing we've ever read. Um, there's a lot, a lot of positiveness, uh, a lot of positive feedback on on the articles and in the show. Well, it's amazing. You know, it's kind of a, a blessing in disguise, right? The media has become so biased; they become nothing more than opinions and a- opinionists and activists that it's become blatantly obvious to anybody who even looks, right? They, they, it's just blatantly obvious. And so now it's opened the opportunity for a lot of other called alternative media, right? Mm-hmm. Other people that have picked up the torch and gone, hey, okay, you guys have made it obvious. This is nothing more than narrative spinning from you and it's all opinion and you're not actually doing any real investigation or anything you don't want people to know about. And so a lot of people have picked up that torch and there are guys like Wiggins and I and a lot of other great researchers on Twitter and YouTube and everywhere else that, you know, thankfully they're, they're getting a lot of, uh, of people behind them that are starting to see, we're taking the bias out. You look at it from almost a military or intelligence perspective, take out your bias. You have to look at, you have to number one, assume everything is possible. Right. So you can't discount anything without hard evidence that it's not accurate. Right. So take everything into consideration, look at all the data, look at all the evidence, follow all the leads, follow everything that's out there, and then make your your decision, right? But that's another part that I like to do. I like to link a lot of different open source. You can see, hey, I'm, I'm not the only one saying this, but here's where you can see that there's a huge piece of this they're not telling you, and here's the proof, right? And 
I try to leave as much of my bias out of my writing as I can until the end. And I say, okay, now that you've read all of this stuff I presented, here's what I think about it. Right. And that's it. I think people really appreciate that being given data and evidence and not being given an opinion until it's kind of me at the end looking you in the eye going, hey, here's what this is. Right. And so I think people appreciate that. Folks, if you don't know who Robert Patrick Lewis is, you do now. And make sure you follow him. Rob, why don't you go ahead and give everybody how they can uh, reach out to you, follow you, and uh, go ahead, give them a website when they get the book, and then uh, go ahead and give them your social media handle. Yeah, so the book, uh, go to thepackedbook.com, and it's got all the links to find it everywhere. It's got reviews from uh, other authors and people that have read it. It's got links to a lot of my different things. You can find me on Twitter at Robert P. Lewis and on Facebook at the Robert Patrick Lewis author Facebook page. Folks, if you're online, if you're listening, you're already online, open up the browsers, go follow Rob. He's doing incredible things. Um, You'll be able to see, uh, uh, you'll find all of his stuff on HMG uh, uh, as well. Uh, Rob, appreciate your time today. We got to let, you know, we're up on time. Any parting words uh, for the listeners? Just keep your eyes and ears open. There's a lot of very interesting things going on in the world right now. The world is changing. Uh, don't don't swallow anything without evidence, right? When you see a narrative being spun, do some research and look to people that have been doing real research because the world is, is a very interesting place right now and it's a shame to be uh, ignorant of reality. Absolutely. Brother, we appreciate you. Hey, thanks, brother. Hey, listen, folks, that's all the time we have today. But before we let you go, make sure you check out our network sponsor, Heroes Media Group. Check out all the shows and uh, all the great articles. And if you want to become part of the HMG family, simply go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. Send us an email. We'll get in touch with you. That's all the time we have. For Patty, I'm Adam. You've been listening to The Decision Hour.